In this episode of the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Ruth chapter 1 and 2. I'm Stephanie Rodnes, and welcome to the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. My goal is to encourage the discouraged with scripture, inspiration, and resources to help you do exactly what God purposed you to do on this earth, become a Christian entrepreneur. The definition of a Godlywood girl is a woman of Christ who says yes to her God-given purpose, no matter what everyone else tries to say or do. So if you are stepping into your purpose as a Christian entrepreneur, welcome to the Godlywood Girl Sisterhood. You are my people, and I can't wait to meet you. Now let's dive into today's episode. And remember, if you want to join me for these live recordings on Godlywood Girl's Instagram feed, join me at Godlywood Girl on Instagram now. Let's dive right in. Hey sis, welcome back to the Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. And today we are doing something a little bit different. So I know that you normally will read through the scriptures together and kind of dive into where it applies to our purpose journey. But for some reason, the story of Ruth has just been really calling out to me lately. And her story is more of a, like a actual novel, I should say. Like it's an actual story. There are a lot of things that we can learn from her love, her passion, her devotion to what God purposed her to do and how she received so much blessing because she was obedient, even when she couldn't see the finish line. So there is so much to learn in this story, but normally we just kind of go verse by verse um, as we read one chapter at a time. But in today's podcast, I want to read Ruth chapter one and two straight through. And then at the end, let's talk about some lessons that we can learn from Ruth and how the Lord used her in this incredible story. So Ruth chapter one, the message translation, and it begins... Once upon a time, it was back in the days when judges led Israel, there was a famine in the land. A man from Bethlehem and Judah left home to live in the city of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The man's name was Amlamech. His wife's name was Naomi. His sons were named Malon and Kelon, all Ephraites from Bethlehem and Judah. They all went to the country of Moab and settled there. Imelech died and Naomi was left, she and her two sons. The sons took Moabite wives. The name of the first was Orpah, the second Ruth. They lived there in Moab for the next 10 years. But then the two brothers, Malon and Kilion, died. Now the woman was left without either her young men or her husband. One day she got herself together, she and her two daughters-in-law, to leave the country of Moab and set out for home. She had heard that God had been pleased to visit his people and give them food. And so she started out for the place she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law with her, on the road back to the land of Judah. After a short while on the road, Naomi told her two daughters-in-law, go back, go home and live with your mothers, and may God treat you as graciously as you treated your deceased husbands and me. May God give each of you a new home and a new husband. She kissed them and they cried openly. And they said, no, we're going on with you to your people. But Naomi was firm. Go back, my dear daughters. Why would you come with me? Do you suppose I still have sons in my womb who can become your future husbands? Go back, dear daughters. On your way, please. I'm too old to get a husband. Why, even if I said there's still hope, and this very night got a man and had sons, can you imagine being satisfied to wait until they were grown? Would you wait that long to get married again? No, dear daughters. This is a bitter pill for me to swallow, more bitter for me than for you. God has dealt me a hard blow. Again, they cried openly. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth embraced her and held on. And Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is going back home to live with her own people and gods. Go with her. But Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. 
don't make me go home. Where you go, I go. And where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And that's where I'll be buried. So help me God. Not even death itself is going to come between us. When Naomi saw that Ruth had her heart set on going with her, she gave in. And so the two of them traveled on on together to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was soon buzzing. Is this really our Naomi after all this time? But she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me bitter. The strong one has dealt me a bitter blow. I left here full of life and God has brought me back with nothing but the clothes on my back. Why would you call me Naomi? God certainly doesn't. The strong one ruined me. And so Naomi was back and Ruth, the foreigner with her, back from the country of Moab. They arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Ruth, Ruth chapter 2. It so happened that Naomi had a relative by marriage, a man prominent and rich, connected with Elimech's family. His name was Boaz. One day, Ruth, the Moabite foreigner, said to Naomi, I'm going to work. I'm going out to glean among the sheaves, follow after some harvester who will treat me kindly. And Naomi said, go ahead, dear daughter. And so she set out. She went and started gleaning in a field, following in the wake of the harvesters. Eventually, she ended up in the part of the field owned by Boaz, her father-in-law, Elamanek's relative. A little later, Boaz came out from Bethlehem, greeting his harvesters. God be with you. And they replied, and God bless you. Boaz asked his young servant who was foreman over the farmhands, who is this young woman? Where did she come from? The foreman said, why, that's the Moabite girl, the one who came with Naomi from the country of Moab. She asked permission, let me glean. She said, and gather among the sheaves following after your harvesters. She's been at it steady ever since, from early morning until now, without so much as a break. Then Boaz spoke to Ruth. Listen, my daughter, from now on, don't go to any other field to glean. Stay right here in this one and stay close to my young women. Watch where they are harvesting and follow them. And don't worry about a thing. I've given orders to my servants not to harass you. When you get thirsty... Feel free to go and drink from the water buckets that the servants have filled. She dropped to her knees, then bowed her face to the ground. How does this happen that you should pick me out and treat me so kindly? Me, a foreigner. Boaz answered her, I've heard all about you. Heard about the way you treated your mother-in-law after the death of her husband, and how you left your father and mother in the land of your birth, and have come to live among a bunch of total strangers. God reward you well for what you've done. And with a generous bonus besides from God, to whom you've come seeking protection under his wings. She said, Oh, sir, such grace, such kindness. I don't deserve it. You've touched my heart, treated me like one of your own, and I don't even belong here. At the lunch break, Boaz said to her, Come over here, eat some bread, dip it in the wine. So she joined the harvesters. Boaz passed the roasted grain to her. She ate her fill and even had some left over. When she got up to go back to work, Boaz ordered his servants, let her glean where there's still plenty of grain on the ground. Make it easy for her. Better yet, pull some of the good stuff out and leave it for her to glean. Give her special treatment. Ruth gleaned in the fields until evening. And when she threshed out what she had gathered, she ended up with nearly a full sack of barley. She gathered up her gleanings, went back to town, and showed her mother-in-law the results of her day's work. 
She also gave her the leftovers from her lunch. Naomi asked, so where did you glean today? Whose field? God bless whoever it was who took such good care of you. Ruth told her mother-in-law, the man with whom I work today, his name is Boaz. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, why, God bless that man. God hasn't quite walked out on us after all. He still loves us in bad times as well as good. Naomi went on, that man, Ruth, is one of our circle of covenant redeemers, a close relative of ours. Ruth the Moabite said, well, listen to this. He also told me, stick with my workers until my harvesting is finished. Naomi said to Ruth, that's wonderful, dear daughter. Do that. You'll be safe in the company of his young women. No danger now of being raped in some stranger's field. So Ruth did it. She stuck close to Boaz's young women, gleaning in the fields daily until both the barley and wheat harvesting were finished. And she continued living with her mother-in-law. All right, so thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Let's pause for a moment for today's sponsor. So that's Ruth chapters one and two, and there are so many lessons we can learn from Ruth on our purpose journey. The first thing is that when Ruth left her own home to marry Naomi's son and left and came to a new land, she ended up, even though the, her husband passed away, she ended up staying with Naomi and being loyal to her in this land where there was basically nothing to eat. And when Naomi said, okay, this is enough, I'm going to go back home to my own land. Her, Ruth, and Orpah were all headed out. And Naomi said, girls, go back home. (laughs) Go back home. Go back to your mothers. Find new husbands. And Orpah did leave. But Ruth was dedicated to the future. She was dedicated to the legacy, the legend, the destiny God purposed her to be. And she knew that that wasn't going to be behind her. That wasn't going to be returning to the past, returning to the beginning, returning to the bottom of the mountain. She knew in her gut instinct there was something better for her. And she said, Naomi, where you go, I go. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And imagine that on our purpose journey, if we said to the Lord, Lord, I understand that it's more comfortable for me to go back to the beginning. I understand it's more comfortable for me to go back to where I came from, to my to, to, to where everything was easy and nothing was challenging me and I had everything that I needed. I get that it's easier back there, but I am so dedicated to what you've called me to do. Where you lead, I will go. Where your spirit is, there my spirit is. Where you want me is where I will be. Imagine if we had that type of loyalty and dedication to what God purposed us to do in our lives. Imagine how many of us would finally stop procrastinating and get started on our purpose journey. Imagine how many of us would be sharing the gospel of Christ in the exact way God purposed us to do it. Imagine how many of us would be stepping into our goals, stepping into our destiny, stepping into our legacy every single day because we showed the kind of loyalty to the Lord and what he asked us to do as Ruth showed to Naomi. The second thing that we can really take from these first two chapters is that when Ruth and Naomi got back to Bethlehem, Ruth didn't just sit back and laze about and say, you know what, Naomi, you brought me here, you figure it out. No, Ruth took initiative and she said, even though we don't have, I'm going to go out and see what I can find for us to eat. Ruth decided to utilize the resources she had available to her to take action on her purpose journey. And even though Naomi stayed home, Ruth went by herself to a field. And she just so happened to fall into a field that belonged to Boaz. But she didn't know that. She didn't know that. She was just looking for an opportunity. 
she was looking for a resource she could use now. And the, the person who she spoke to had mercy on her. We know that's the Lord blessing the work she put in. He had, he had that person have mercy on Ruth and say, fine, that's fine. You can glean the fields after the harvesters. That's fine. And my girl worked all day from the morning, <laughs> all day, didn't even take a break. So much so that when Boaz came in and he asked the servant, he said, who's that girl? And the servant said, yo, she came in, she was wanting to glean. I told her she could, she's been working all day, hasn't even taken a break. Boaz, because she had so much integrity in her work, even when nobody was looking, he was like, okay, this girl, she is truly somebody who needs to be looked after. She is truly somebody who was purpose and who was chosen. And he knew her by her reputation. So he told his servant to show favor on her, to give her special treatment. And a lot of times in our own purpose journey, the same thing will happen to us. Because we are obedient and we're using the resources God has already given us, because we utilize those resources, God finds favor and will bless the work that we put in. So much so that even what though we expected just this little 25-30%, the Lord doubles it. The Lord triples it because we put in the work using what he already gave us. That's all Ruth did. She didn't have money. She didn't have finances. All she had was a great work ethic and she had the ability to ask somebody for help. And she did. He said yes. And she used that work ethic to glean, to glean as much of that harvest as she could. And because she did, she operated with that integrity when nobody was looking, Boaz wanted to favor her even more. If she had just come in there being lazy, complaining the whole time, getting to fights with people, complaining about this and that, complaining to the servant, it's too hot, this and that, and all this stuff, she wouldn't have found that favor. But she did what she could with what God had already given her. And because of that, she found more favor. We can do the same thing in our own lives. On your purpose journey, the Lord has given you everything that you need right now to get started. You may not have everything you need to get up to the mountain, the, to the top of the mountain, but you have what you need to take the first step. And if you're obedient to God and use the resources he has given you now to take that step, sis, you will be amazed at how he will bless the work that you are putting in. Remember Genesis 3, 17 and 18, it's by the sweat of our brow that we shall now eat. God promises that we still will eat. As we put in that work, as we put in that sweat equity, that's when the Lord's blessing can come in and give us even more favor. So activate his blessings over your purposes. Give the Lord something to bless. Pull out your Ruth and do the work. No complaints, no procrastinating. No, I need to take a break, this and that. No, do the work even if nobody is looking and allow the Lord to bless the effort that you are putting in. And finally, the third thing that I absolutely love from these first two chapters is that not only did Boaz allow Ruth to be able to glean even more than what she should have, than what she deserved, he was like, nah, y'all show her special treatment. You guys even drop even more barley for her to pick up. <laughs> so she wasn't even supposed to be picking up that, that barley. The other harvesters were literally dropping barley for her to pick up. Not only that, Boaz invited her to his table. Boaz invited her to eat from his plate, drink from his cup. She got to sit at the table, sis, because she put in the work, even when nobody was looking. And if you think about your purpose journey, what that table looks like, you successfully living your purpose, you stepping into your destiny, you doing what God put you on this earth to do, 
You get to have that seat when you do the work God gave you to do. We can't just sit back and close our eyes and hope that someday we'll step into our purpose. It doesn't work that way. We have to put in the work in order to give God something to bless. He's given us the resources to get started, but we have to get out of our own ways and actually take action so that someday we can sit at that table and have the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So if you don't yet know what your God-given purpose is, you, you have a gut instinct, a gut feeling of what it is, but you're not quite sure what it is yet, I want you to get my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit that'll help you discover exactly what God put you on this earth to do by going to PurposeGift.com. That's PurposeGift.com. And if you're like, well, Stephanie, that sounds amazing, but actually, <laughs> I don't just not know my purpose. I actually don't even know if I'm a Christian. Well, being a Christian is what it says in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And what that means is that being a Christian is believing in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you want to make that decision today, it's very, very simple. Just say this prayer with me. When you say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again. Today, I believe in you as my personal Lord and Savior. Sis, if you said that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are literally celebrating you right now. Your name has been written in the book of life. Nobody can take it out. Get into a Bible-based church in your area and get started getting to know just who God is. He is amazing and he absolutely adores you and loves you and wants the best for you. I always recommend starting with the book of John because the book of John is literally like the Lord's love letter to us. And it's a great way to get to know who Jesus is, what he came here to do, and the love and compassion he has towards you. So sisters of Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus and give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen. So that's it for today's episode of the God the Wood Girl Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study. Have any questions? DM me anytime on Instagram or send an email to hello at godthewoodgirl.com. I'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to grab my free Find Your Purpose Toolkit to help you get started living God's purpose for your life at purposegift.com. Thanks for listening, God the Wood Girl. I'll see you on the next one.